0: Hello, Dr. Tim Jordan coming to you again today with another episode of Raising Daughters, my podcast that comes out every couple weeks. And in each one, we talk about some part about raising daughters today. I have been in summer camp all summer now, working primarily with high school and middle school girls. And once again, I was struck with how much negative self talk they have, how much they exhibit. I'm sure if you're a parent of a daughter in middle school or high school or beyond, you've noticed the same thing I have, how often they are hard on themselves. A lot of negative self-talk. So today I thought I would introduce some ideas about how you can help your daughters to combat that. And we'll talk mostly today about self-compassion, the concept of self-compassion. There is a researcher named Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F, who has written a lot about Self-compassion as well as other people and so I'm going to give you an idea about what self-compassion means I'm going to cite a whole bunch of different studies about how self-compassion can be valuable for our daughters And then give you some specific ideas at the end about What you can do to help your daughters to develop more self-compassion? Kristin Neff uh, says in her research that that self-compassion has three components the first is self-kindness Talking to yourself in a very soothing, gentle, warm way. Talking to yourself like somebody who loves you would. Talking to yourself like maybe your best friend would, or your mom or dad, if you have a good close relationship. That's number one component, self-kindness. The second component of self-compassion is a sense of common humanity. So you kind of decide that you're not the only person who's struggling with this experience. That nobody's perfect, and that everybody has flaws. So you can connect your experience with other people who have also struggled before you. That's the second component of self-compassion. And the third one is mindfulness. Being able to connect with how you feel and how you think in the present moment instead of ruminating and living in the future. Self-compassion in the research has been strongly associated with psychological well-being. It's been linked to increased levels of happiness and connectedness. Optimism, curiosity. Uh, People who have self compassion have less uh, depression, less anxiety, Uh, they have decreased rumination, and also a less fear of failure. And I think that all of this talk and all this information about self compassion is especially true for girls. And I'll explain why. Girls tend to feel more shame than boys do, they tend to take things more personally. When something happens or they make a mistake, they feel like they're a bad person instead of just feeling guilty for what they did. I, I, I tell this example a lot to coaches because uh, I think people who coach girls need to make need to be a little bit different in their approach to girls than they do with boys. For example, if you're coaching a basketball team of sixth-grade uh, boys, if they are, or excuse me, sixth-grade girls, so if they're out there and they're not doing a very good job, you might call a timeout, the girls come over to the bench, and so you might start talking to them about you know, how you guys are not hustling, you're not playing well, you're not playing as a team, people aren't passing the ball. So if you kind of get down on them, a lot of girls, not all, but a lot of girls take it personally. They're thinking, oh my gosh, is the coach mad at me? Does the coach not like me? What did I do wrong? They take it very personally. You substitute those those girls in sixth grade with a bunch of sixth grade boys, and if they are pulled off the court by the coach, and they're they're given uh, a lecture about how they're not hustling and everything. The boys will start looking around each other at like he's not talking to me, he's talking to you guys. Boys tend to take things less personal. Um, I also think that girls oftentimes go right to that part about I'm a bad person, and they oftentimes react to that feeling by either isolating themselves. Are thinking they're the only ones, so many girls I've talked to in my retreats and summer camps and in my counseling practice always believe that they're the only ones who are experiencing whatever they're experiencing. There's also this new phenomenon today of FOMO, F-O-M-O, which is the fear of missing out, which is not just wanting to be somewhere where you're not, it's also uh, the, the implication there that where you are is not good enough that who you are and where you're at and what you're doing and your pictures and your body and your looks, now that is good enough, and so you're always looking outside of yourself. Girls are also constantly comparing themselves and almost always unfavorably, also which uh, sets them up for more need for self-compassion. Also, as I'm going, I explained one time in my Taking Flight online parenting course, I did a whole section on girls having a fixed mindset. Uh, A fixed mindset means that when you are struggling or when you're making mistakes, you you go right to this place in your head where you start to say to yourself, if I'm not doing very well in math right now, if I'm struggling or if it's confusing, that must mean I'm not very good at it. Because either you are or you're not good at it. Either you got it or you don't. That's a fixed mindset. And when people have that kind of a fixed mindset, they become much more debilitated by making mistakes and failures. They become more upset when they're confused by a challenging task. They start questioning themselves and their ability. They interpret their failure as a lack of ability. And so because girls tend to do that more than boys, as research has shown, it also means that they much more need self-compassion to become unstuck. And by the way, the other side of that mindset uh, place is instead of having a fixed mindset, it's much better to have a growth mindset, which says that if things get hard, if I'm struggling, it's not because I don't have it, it's because I might need to work smarter or harder or persist longer. People who have that growth mindset tend to stick with things more, they're willing to challenge themselves, take on more risk, etc. So girls tend to do that less than boys and so that's why the self-compassion is so important. There's been uh, studies done that also support what I'm talking about. There is one study done that showed that a boost in self-compassion was also tied to a boost in well-being among first-year college students, which is really critical because there's been so much data that shows that college students are not coping well today. High levels of stress and anxiety and uh, despair and and not being able to handle frustration very well. So having self-compassion uh, to boost well-being is a huge tool. It's important for college students. There's a study done in the psycho- uh, psychological science where they found that newly divorced people who spoke compassionately about themselves adjusted much better in the following 10, ten months. And those who spoke more harshly about themselves are their ex-partner. And that self-compassion outperformed self-esteem and even optimism as a predictor of good coping. So even people who have just broken up, when they're talking more gently and kindly to themselves, they tend to respond better and they get through the breakup better. Some people have wondered, well, is self-compassion, if you're so nice to yourself, is that going to hurt your motivation? So there was a study that was done that asked the question, can treating yourself with compassion after making mistakes increase self-improvement and increase your motivation? So they did some experiments. And there is four different studies. In the first studies, they had people people who made mistakes. And for those people in the study, half of them wrote for three minutes in response to the instructions that went like this. If you make a mistake, imagine that you're talking to yourself about this mistake or this weakness from a compassionate and understanding perspective. What would you say to yourself? And those participants just wrote for three minutes. That's all just three minutes. The fourth group was given a really difficult test, one that they knew they wouldn't do well on, That the experimenters. And then the, the experimenters took half the people and they shared a very uh, self-compassionate message talking about, you know what, we knew this was going to be hard for you guys. It's okay. Most people did it very poorly. It's, it's all right. Uh, we understand that it was hard. So uh, don't get all bent out of shape about that. And what they found was, in those groups, was that people who had practiced just even three minutes of self-compassion, were less worried about their weaknesses. They reported more motivation to make amends and avoid repeating mistakes. If they had done something that may have hurt somebody, they they, uh, reported more motivation to avoid uh, repeating that moral transgression, if you will. Also, they spent more time studying for that difficult test if they had an initial failure instead of giving up or having a fixed mindset. and They also found that the people were much more willing to work and to be more motivated to work at changing their mistakes, their weakness, their, their, uh, the parts that they uh, had made mistakes about. These findings suggested that, somewhat paradoxically, taking an accepting approach to personal failures makes people more motivated to improve themselves, not less. And the part that was also interesting was how easy it was for people to switch. All they did was write for three minutes or have someone give them some encouragement to to talk about how hard that test was. That's all it took. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't hard. There was a study done in, in 2014 where researchers asked 153 female college students to answer some questions about their weight and their height and their levels of uh, self-esteem and self-compassion. Uh, they asked them about their body image and their eating behaviors. And according to the findings of the study, women with strong self-compassion had a much more positive body image, regardless of their BMI, their, their body mass index. It didn't matter how, how, how heavy they were or how thin they were. What was more important was their level of self-compassion. And the women who accepted their imperfections, were found to be better at handling life in general not just just comments about their bodies but life in general they much more eagerly ta- uh, easily tackled uh, negative events and setbacks in their lives let me read you a quote from the uh, lead author of that study her name is Allison Kelly of the department of psychology at the university of Waterloo she says there's something about a high level of acceptance and understanding of yourself that helps people not necessarily view their bodies more positively but rather acknowledge their body's imperfections and be okay with them. I like that. That makes sense to me. One last study by Philippe Reyes, R-A-E-S, at the University of Leuven. He found that participants who had higher levels of self-compassion tended to brood less about their misfortunes and their mistakes. Their reduced tendency to ruminate helped explain why self-compassion people reported fewer symptoms of anxiety and depression. And that is really critical for your daughters, because girls tend to ruminate a lot. You know, I've, I've talked before in, in a previous podcast and also in blogs about, about reading about the female brain. My favorite book in that regard is called The Female Brain by Luann Brizendine. But one of the things that, that, that she reported was a, St- a Stanford University study that was done a couple years ago where they took college-age women and men and had their brains hooked up to electrodes and scanners so they could see which parts of the brain were, were functioning and being activated. And what they found was that when, uh, when this college-age women w- were shown a picture of people who were suffering or people in pain, which evoked some emotion in them, that nine different parts of the female brain lit up and both sides. When they showed the exact same pictures to the college-age men, only two parts of their brain lit up and one side. When I tell uh, young women in, in middle school and high school about that data, I tell them it doesn't mean that men don't have emotions, that men don't have a heart, that men aren't empathetic, but it does mean that their brains are wired differently when it comes to emotions. And even from the, the day they were born, the centers for emotional sensitivity are greater in the female brain. The other part of that study that was uh, fascinating was that when the uh, women's emotional centers lit up, two other parts of their brain then activated. One of them was their verbal centers. Thus, not all, but many women, maybe probably most women, when they're upset, they like to talk it through. They want to talk about it, much more so than men. The second part of their brain that activated after their emotional centers lit up was a part of their prefrontal cortex, which is a part of their brain that likes to process through things. So what I find happens for lots of girls is that something happens which might uh, merit uh, a level two response, but then they think about it and they think about it and they overthink and they think and they think and they ruminate and then all of a sudden it feels like a 10. They tend to make mountains out of molehills. And the word I like to use is ruminate. Ruminate means to chew. And uh, what we're talking about here means chewing on thoughts over and over until you, you really blow things up. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's really important that your daughters can learn how to, to um, practice self-compassion. The first and foremost, the most important step when it comes to their negative thoughts is to catch themselves when they're going down that path of ruminating or overthinking things and then do some kind of a self-compassion activity. They might think to themselves, if my mom or dad was here or my best friend or somebody who loves me was here, if my grandma was here, what would they say about me right now? And then the girls can practice putting that voice in their head instead of their own negative voice. They also might in that moment become more mindful, uh, just becoming aware of what they're experiencing and and feeling without getting all caught up and overreacting to it. Self-compassion, people would say, it's not enough to just be mindful. It's important to be mindful and just to sort of notice what you're feeling. But self-compassion means going beyond that and accepting your experiences, embracing yourself, embracing yourself, the experiencer, with warmth and love and tenderness, when you're experiencing something that's painful. So it's not just about be, being aware of what you're feeling and accepting it. It's also about embracing yourself and treating yourself as if you were someone who loved you very much. It's also about making sure that you say to yourself, the situation is challenging, the situation is tough, but I'm fine. I'm not going to allow this situation to define me but you talk to yourself with compassion. It's also valuable for girls to bring themselves back to the present moment instead of living in the future, because in the future there's much more anxiety and much more rumination about worst-case scenarios, which tends to make them feel worse. So part of self-compassion can be about bringing yourself to the moment and just being with yourself. And oftentimes I teach girls to repeat uh, a very... Positive, loving, gentle mantra. Mantra being a word or a phrase you say to yourself over and over again to switch your thinking. So instead of thinking worst case, you say to yourself something to the extent of, I am, I am peaceful and calm. Everything in my world always works out. I am loved. I am peaceful. I am calm. You, they, they find some, something to say to themselves that switches their thinking. I have girls pick up maybe a line from a prayer or a song or a poem or a quote. Something that fits that moment, if you will. But it's something that is, it's nurturing, it's warm, it's gentle, and it causes them to talk very differently about themselves. I don't want your daughters to make this process of self-compassion hard. It's not hard. The most important thing is to become aware of what they're thinking in those moments, become aware that they're starting down that path, maybe of rumination or or negative self-talk, and then to teach themselves just how to talk to themselves in a more gentle, nurturing way. Whether it's having that best friend voice in your head or your parents' voice in your head, it's also about reminding yourself you're not the only one. One of the great values in my personal growth weekend retreats and summer camps is when we sit in circles with girls, that they know they're not the only ones because people share their stories. And they're like, wow, I always thought I was the only one, but now I hear lots of people can connect with me. That becomes a a piece of self-compassion for them. They can remind themselves I'm not the only one and other people are going through this, have been through this, and they've gotten through this. And then that last piece, remember, is mindfulness, which is bring yourself back to the present moment. Teach your daughters about self-compassion. Also, when your daughters make mistakes, you can model for them what their gentle voice can be in their heads by you also treating their mistakes in that same way. That you can be kind and gentle and understanding with them. You can make sure that, that mistakes are okay, that everybody makes them, that nobody's perfect. Your attitude towards them and mistakes will oftentimes be the template for the, then what they say to themselves. By the time I see girls in high school, they may have a lot of negative self-talk, which is their own. Not always, but oftentimes it came from something. Either hearing their parents' criticisms, or their friends' criticisms, or some negative past experiences where they then went into their heads and make neg- made that the girls made negative choices and decisions about themselves. It came from somewhere. So one place that you can have a A place in this is to make sure you talk to them with compassion. I hope this helps. This might be one of those good podcasts you might want to listen to with your daughters or re-listen to it with your daughters and have a discussion about what they can do about, about being more gentle with themselves. Share this with people you know who have daughters. I appreciate that very much. I'll be back in two weeks with another podcast, but also make sure you get on my website at www.drtimjordan.com to sign up for my Every Other Week blog, which is also, like these podcasts, free. I appreciate you stopping in every every two weeks to listen to these. If you have uh, some feedback, send it to my website. Um, be self-compassionate to your daughters and also to yourselves. And I'll see you in two weeks.